0: Let's take a look at the board. And the categories are Potent potables.
1: Joy, you like movies about gladiators. You're no messiah. You're a, you're a movie
2: of the week. So you listen to me and you listen well. Look, well, let's not stand on ceremony, mate. Let's start the show. Well, hi everybody. This is the Potent Pictures Podcast. I'm Dave, as always, and I'm joined by my three other geniuses, uh, Matt, Peter, and Sean boys say hello hello geniuses
3: don't talk us up like that Dave we're not geniuses
2: (laughs) well you're movie geniuses come on you can talk about movies unlike you know some of the (laughs) We're movie novices
3: (laughs) I like to set the bar low
2: don't sell yourself short I like the apple geniuses we're like those guys nobody respects us but you know they come in and ask us for help every once in a while
0: respect is earned let's go
2: (laughs) fair enough well we are here today to talk about Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um, I don't know about y'all, but it was uh, it was quite quite the movie. We'll get into a little bit about um, our initial thoughts in a couple minutes. But uh, first up, as always, we like to talk about what we're watching and what we're drinking. So uh, we're gonna let Sean go first this week. Shawnee, what you watching and what you drinking?
0: Well, hot damn! I binge watched the heck out of Fargo season two uh, this week. So. I kind of shot you guys a text, but this, this season, like there's that aha moment in in a lot of shows and I had that aha moment and just couldn't clap my hands enough for the writing on that show. So if you guys haven't watched Fargo yet, it's great show. And it's on FX and I think right now they're just finishing or getting up finishing near season three. Um, but really, really good show. Uh, I also watched this week, a movie that I tend to love and respect deeply and that's Caddyshack because of the fact that one of my favorite comedians, if not of all time, but is up there, is Rodney Dangerfield and he's just, every time I see him in that movie just brings me to tears still and Bill Murray, it's his probably, if not his best role, it's one of his best roles as uh, Carl the Groundskeeper. So, this week I got, that's really all I got into, uh, But I do have a nice, tasty beverage in front of me this week as well. It is a Belgian White IPA by Four String Brewing Co. out of Columbus, Ohio. It's called the Big Star White IPA. It's pretty tasty. And I've been enjoying a couple of these tonight. So can't wait to talk about Wonder Woman and drinking some beer. But what about you, Peter? What are you watching and drinking this week?
3: Yeah, so... There, I watched a few things last week. One of them, which you guys all reviewed last week, which unfortunately I was not able to join, but I think I I received it the same way you guys did, which is War Machine, Brad Pitt on Netflix. Um, was not impressed. It was one of those movies where I think even from the first ten or fifteen minutes I wasn't sold on it. But but I, I went through it. I will say, I guess if if you're on Netflix and you need something to watch and you're a fan of Brad Pitt, it might be worth spending two hours if you really have it, but it's it wasn't something that I I really enjoyed. The other two things I watched, one is Hidden Figures, which I've been trying to catch up on all the Oscar noms from last year. I've been very slow on on getting to them and finally got to Hidden Figures. Really, really enjoyed this movie. I'm not going to lie. I've definitely realized that in my old age, I get teary from about any sappy thing in any movie. And this is one that really has a lot of pretty powerful pieces throughout the movie. There's a lot of great messaging. One thing that I thought was really really interesting about it in general is y- you always think of the times of segregation and slavery and a lot of the, you know, the bad parts of our history and you and for me they always portray them in movies where it's, you know, you're looking at maybe less well off uh areas in the south or different areas where you might expect there to be more racism but this movie focuses in on nasa and you know i know for for myself you never really think about the brightest minds thinking in those ways and this movie kind of calls out that everybody you know back then there there was a lot of racism and it was it really you know was prevalent throughout the the nation so um at the end of the day it, it was pretty interesting to kind of get that, that story and, and see what these, these women did. And it was very, very impressive. And I had a really great time with it. Um, and then the last one I watched was Fist Fight, which was Charlie Day and Ice Cube. Super terrible movie. It was...
2: <laughs> That's David's movie. <boy>. Yeah. <laughs> you, you leave him out of this. <laughs> well,
3: I, so I love Charlie Day. Charlie Day is great. I really love him in Horrible Bosses. He's great in Always Sunny. But in this movie, it is just not good. And when you're talking about a 90 minute comedy, where you know by itself it's not a long movie, so you should be able to sustain with some laughs. I mean, this did not do it. So, would not recommend.
2: So oddly enough, that movie was um, actually directed or written Wr- or directed. Written, written, you know, yeah. It was written written by a by a gentleman we went to high school with. So uh, yeah, but anyway,
3: I, I will just say it's it, it, it's got. I mean, it's got some fun people in it. I mean, it's got Tracy Morgan. It's got Jillian Bell, who's always funny. She's been, you know, 20, 22 Jump Street in some of those movies. It, so it had a few scenes where it's like, okay, this is this is reasonably funny. But overall, it's not a it's not a great 90-minute. In terms of what I'm drinking, so I went back and visited the family in the Midwest in Chicago area, and you can get some great beers from a lot of those, those great new craft beer areas. And one of them is Michigan, and there's a brewery there New Holland. They have something they call Dragon's Milk with a, which is a barrel-aged stout and they do a di- few different riffs on it a year and one of them is they have a coconut rum barrel stout. So again, you think of like a, a burble, bourbon barrel-aged stout, but this one instead is aged in rum barrels and it's got coconut and it is delightful. So if you are in the Midwest and can get your hands on anything New Holland, anything Dragon's Milk, I would thoroughly recommend it. So
0: Is that that's that sounds pretty delicious, though, Peter. I, I, sorry to interrupt you real fast, but I, I've had the dragon's milk. Is it? Does it actually taste like coconut? Milk? Oh, it
3: is so good. It is. It and so there's the difference when you talk about um, coconut beers in specific. I mean, sometimes they taste like sunscreen. You get that very artificial coconut. This is. I mean, it tastes like you're drinking. Uh, I'm trying to think of it. it. Lots of desserts. This is what <laughs> it calls back to. So it's it's definitely a great beer, and I would thoroughly recommend it. Nice. So. So, yeah, with that, I will uh, go to you, Matt. What about you?
1: So, I didn't get a lot of uh, watching in over the past week. I think I pretty much just had Cheers and Futurama in the background kind of just, you know, enjoying those.
0: Shout out Ted Danson.
1: Hey, Fat Fargo Season 2. Perfect. Um, speaking of Fargo Season 2, did you like uh, Jesse Plemons? Um, I-, I love that uh, people refer to him as a kind of a Fat Matt Damon or Chubby Matt Damon.
0: He so he was in that movie with Seth Rogen, The Mall Cops, right? Yeah, he was, um, yeah,
1: Observe and Report.
0: Uh, Observe and Report, yeah. And he looked a lot thinner in that movie, and I was like, this guy looks a lot plumper. In the... So I, I don't know how many years that's been, but uh, yeah, that's what, I, that's what I recognize him from more I mean, than anything. He's, he's
1: got nothing on uh, Jonah Hill's fluctuation, so he, he's perfectly fine. He's within the, he's within <laughs> the parameters of, of doctors probably think he's okay. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, he doesn't have Academy Award-winning talent either, so... He
1: he also has not spawned two Oscar nominees from his comedy movies, but uh, female <laughs> That's leads. True. But uh, yeah, so pretty much just those, and then trying to keep up on the uh, finals for the the NBA. In terms of what I'm drinking, I just kind of walked down to the bar at the hotel and grabbed a Knob Creek bourbon and uh, drinking that. So not, nothing too exciting, nothing too... I don't think it's from the... Just straight up yeah, or what? Neat. Keep it, keeping it, keeping it simple, Fancy. you know, mostly cause I, it was the easiest thing to, to bring back to the room. But uh, yeah, that's about it. What about you, Dave?
0: Well, quick question real fast before we jump, Matt, what do you like, where does Knob Creek land on your like bourbons? Is that like your favorite one or is it top three or what? No, no, the,
1: very fair question. I'd say top, you know, in terms of just what you can get everywhere, it's probably top, top three for sure. Woodford reserve um, would, would be my top, I think. Uh, but Knob Creek's definitely available in more locations. Uh, so I tend to go probably Knob Creek um, and then Bullet for that after after Woodford Reserve. So
0: Look at you, Mr. Fancy Pants. Yeah, those bags. are all good ones too. Bullet's, Bullet's up on my list. Bullet's a good choice. I,
1: I, the only reason I don't like Bullet is
0: because spelling is hard because it's, it's, it's not like the word. <laughs> bullet. <Yeah. Bolete. laughs> so yeah. Awesome. Good deal, yeah. So what about you, Dave? What's going on this week with you?
2: Ooh, so based on our last week's talk about War Machine, I actually sat down and watched all of Generation Kill pretty damn awesome i have to say i uh i was a little kind of confused with why i never watched this show before and no it's a it's a freaking phenomenal show i mean the funny thing is just watching the cast uh pop up and like just because i think this was in like 2006 2007 they filmed this because it was an hbo films uh miniseries but now like seeing all these the actors in it like have moved on to other hbo uh shows and uh series and like little films so like they always say like if you get in with the hbo crowd like in the family you're pretty much set so, I'm waiting to see if a few of them show up in Game of Thrones. I don't know. I don't know offhand if I recognized any of them, but who knows? If someone knows about it, you know, shoot us an email. We'll uh, we'll we'll talk about it next week. But uh, that's really all I've had time to. I mean, that was what is it? Eight episodes. so That's eight hours right there. So you know, that's been a lot of my watching. In terms of what I'm drinking, so last weekend, uh, my roommates had a baby shower, and one would not assume this, but at a baby shower, people bring a ton of beer and leave it at our place. Apparently, they left a lot of, uh, Bita products. So, uh, I actually just finished off the last of the beta Strawberry Harvest. I don't know if you've ever had it. I know it's been getting pretty popular over the past few years, but, uh, quite delightful. Quite good. Good batch this year. Much better than Shiner's, uh, Strawberry. No offense, Shiner. Like all your other beers, but not this one. And then, uh, actually, I'm just starting up on a, uh, an oldie but a goalie uh, the Andy Gator. Um, I don't know if y'all have had that, but if you really want to get dirty, what you do is you mix the Andy Gator with the strawberry and make yourself oh, yeah, strawberry sounds pretty gator. Tasty. Delicious. It is quite delicious. It used to start, it used to be the purple gator, which was the purple haze, but when they came up with strawberry finally on tap, you could actually, uh, completely mix that, but it's, it's quite good. But yeah, that's all I really have on, uh, what I've been watching, what I've been drinking. So, uh... I guess we can move into the movie uh, news.
0: Sorry, real quick question: Did you see that new Abita, the uh, Key Lime Goza that they're putting out there? Yeah, that I disgusting. S- or was that, that was that just me?
2: I well, so have you ever had a Goz, Goza beer? Uh, yeah, I have. So to me, I'm not a big fan of the sour uh, beers, just because I'm not drinking a beer to have a sugary taste. I don't like mixing my candy in my beer. So. It, those are just not, in my opinion, just not good. And the fact that they're bringing that out just kind of, just not, not, not my my big fan. It, when I saw that, I was just, I st- I'm staying clear of it. I'm sticking with the oldies, oldies, but the goldies. But yeah, yeah Hi, have okay. you tried it yet? Yeah, I haven't had
0: it yet, so I figured I'd ask if you saw that.
2: No, see. I saw it. I just have no desire. Yeah, I'll to give touch
0: it, a, it. I'll probably give it a whirl.
2: Well, don't buy a six pack because uh, I would just go buy it at the bar and have a taste of it if you can. I don't know if they've actually thrown it out in kegs yet.
0: But. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably try to do a sample when I go to New Orleans soon.
2: Oh uh, yeah, I'll be there next weekend, two weekends from now. Yeah, so not this yeah, coming. Yeah, wedding. Congratulations yeah. on that, by the way. I'm not getting married, but thank you. My sister is. So uh, yeah, movie news. So uh, Sean and Peter, I think you two had some uh, some big news. Y'all wanted to talk. Uh, sh- Peter, if you want to start us off. Yeah,
3: sure. So I'll just start. There's there's two things that I wanted to cover. One was uh, there was there's been some interviews with Dan Aykroyd as of late to talk about the. Ghostbusters universe and kind of the the movie that just came out last year and the, the reception for it and will there be a next movie and so on and so forth. Essentially, Dan Aykroyd completely uh, flayed apart Paul Feig and, and kind of ripped him a new one in terms of how he handled the movie, uh, kind of calling him out for the fact that he wasn't being very collaborative with, uh, you know, Dan Aykroyd's one of the creators, and so he was calling him out for not being very collaborative with Aykroyd and and some of the other folks, as well as spending, I think he called out, he spent between thirty and forty million dollars in reshoots. And so shortly after this, Sony made a press release or, or made a comment and said, you know, actually the the reshoots were more between three and four million dollars, which is pretty standard for a film. And just they they kind of praised Paul Feig for what he did and said, you know, it, it turned out to to be a good movie. So Dan Aykroyd, after this, of course, you know. Re-released another statement, trying to do some damage control. But in doing so, he essentially said the exact same comment, which was, you know, Paul Feig did a good job. It was a good movie. But and then he kind of reiterated those same pieces and parts about his um, his lack of collaboration. So moral of the story. Dan Aykroyd has not been a fan of what's happened with the Ghostbusters universe. He essentially stated that given the reception of the last film that there probably won't be a sequel. So for anybody who was a fan of the last one or just Ghostbusters in general, it sounds like that's going to be on pause if not on hold indefinitely. Um, I don't know about you guys. I think we talked briefly before we kick this off. Um, Some of us have seen the new one. I I mean, I thought it was pretty good. It it was, I think, overhyped, but... In terms of a movie, it was it was fairly entertaining, but it sounds like we will not be getting a second.
0: Well, I think we still might get. I mean, the way Dan Aykroyd phrased it, Peter, is that we still might get more Ghostbusters, just not in the same form that we had last summer. Is that sort of where you kind of took that, or what did you think?
3: It 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 did. It, he kind of left it open in that there's they still have an interest to do some, but it, I think because of the reception and because you know it took them so long to get it off the ground. I mean, if you guys, I'm sure, have heard over the years, they've been wanting to do a Ghostbusters 3 for literally decades and get the original crew back, and they could never get a script that would rope in Bill Murray. He, he always kind of said, if the script is right, I would do it, but I'm not going to do something just to do it. So um, I, they've been trying to reinvigorate this. I think the fact that this failed means if they are going to do something, it's it may be in a different format and i they are going to do an animated movie so if i had to guess the animated movie or i don't know if it's an animated movie or or tv series but whatever that is whatever form that's going to be in i think will probably take place for anything in terms of in in cinema so i have a feeling it will be dead for a while
0: did you guys and i guess I don't know how many of you guys have ever played this or not, but the Ghostbusters game that they released for PS3 probably like three years, four years ago, maybe, was the best storyline of anything that I've seen that's supposed to follow up on Ghostbusters 2. It was, uh, they actually had the whole cast come in. They had Harold Ramis, they had Ernie Hudson, Dan Aykroyd, and Bill Murray all do the voices. They had real actors do the voices of the other people in the in the storyline it was great i mean i i bought the game solely because of the fact that it was another ghost line story played till the end and got the whole storyline but um that was the best follow-up that i've seen so far and i don't really i'm not high on it so sorry but uh that's i think it might be dead in in its current form but i think the animated piece like you mentioned peter might be the, the best bet you know, the, the
3: only other uh, piece of movie news that I had was, I'm not sure we haven't discussed yet if what we're going to do for the next review, but coming up this Friday, the new The Mummy is going to be coming out in theaters. And that's, we've talked about in the past, but that's going to be part of a new universal monster universe. I think they're calling it a dark universe. And they're planning to have a few different movies in that, which is going to include Frankenstein, Dracula, Creature from the Black Lagoon, and Invisible Man, two of which, Frankenstein and Invisible Man, already have people attached, uh, Javier Bardem for Frankenstein and Johnny Depp for Invisible Man. So they actually also announced there's going to be two more monsters joining, and the two are a very odd couple. It's going to be The Hunchback from Notre Dame and Phantom of the Opera. So for me, that was just a really interesting release because just from an overall monster perspective, you don't really consider them monsters. And even if you do, they're not overly exciting in terms of an action movie perspective. So, um, you know, it will be interesting, first of all, to see whether we even get to these because, you know, when you set up these long, lengthy seven, ten-picture deals, you know, if one of them doesn't take off, like, you know, if if the mummy fails this Friday, there's a very high likelihood the rest of these are going to get tanked. So we'll see if these even come to fruition. But, you know, beyond that, I will be very interested to see if they do survive, how they portray them in film.
0: Yeah, I, I saw that as well, Peter. And I gotta say that the one that they didn't mention or sort of bring any any sort of inkling toward doing is the Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, which I think Russell Crowe is playing Doctor Doctor Jekyll, I guess it is in the in this the Mummy movie. So not quite sure if if he's going to be included in that as well. But they do have a lot of big names tied to the the supposed series. But what do you think, Matt? I think
1: it's gonna be interesting. I'm, I'm hopeful that this mummy movie, you know, this take on the mummies is gonna be good. Um, you know, the, the mummy that we grew up with, or kind of were grown up to, was you know Brendan Fraser, but it was kind of more of a campy, uh, fun movie. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the direction they take this. I, I don't know that we need an overall universe to it, and the Hunchback of Notre Dame doesn't really uh, <laughs> get me excited for for the what their you know prospects are. But uh, if they do it right. know could could be a good time but everything everybody's so into making these universes like peter said you can get so bogged down going trying to do the uh universe or overall series that if you don't do one if you don't execute one correctly uh it could really just kind of ruin the whole thing so having those connections isn't always a a positive a positive thing but hopefully the mummy will do well and you know with the i forgot that russell crowe was going to be dr jekyll so i i'm I'm looking forward to that as well, but uh, but yeah. Any thoughts on that, Dave?
2: No, I'm kind of with you all on that one, particularly um, now that the you know we're starting to get what the whole universe is starting to look like. I'm and now with that announcement, I'm kind of intrigued to see where it goes. Uh, I didn't realize that uh, Russell Crowe was going to be the uh, Doctor Jekyll, um, so I'm curious to see. Now I'm kind of curious to go see the Mummy just to see if they kind of set it up in that particular movie. Did anybody hear if that was the case?
3: the way they're supposed to be doing it is he's going to act basically as the Sam Jackson or as the Nick Fury of the universe. So he's going to play that part in the mummy this Friday Uh where he's kind of exposing this, this grander organization. And, you know, we've got to come together to go fight these monsters. And I, I have a feeling to your point, Sean, I didn't even think of it because they didn't name him as one of the, the movies, but I have a feeling he's not going to have his own individual Dr. Jekyll movie. He may just be an overarching, uh, again, Nick Fury piece. So he shows up potentially in every movie or, you know, nine out of ten movies and plays his part. So it'll be interesting because they, they didn't call it out specifically, so that's a good point.
2: So so what do you all do y'all have any fear that this may go the route of The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen by any chance?
0: No, I don't think it will. But at the same time, I think it might bomb. <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> I've read a lot of bad things about the mummy, so I'm trying to. I tried to stop because I, I do want to give it a fair shake. So maybe it might turn out to kind of like the the DC
2: universe. You know, I mean, they've had a few bombs. We might think differently today um, in terms of that. Maybe there's a maybe there's like a silver lining on it or something like that. You know. Maybe they need to get it through a few before they can do. it. Are you, Who knows? are
1: you thinking they're going to come out with a female monster that's going to save it in a
0: few years? <laughs> no, well, I think it. the mummy is the female monster. Good call, Sean.
2: They went too early. Did they strike it? Did they strike it when they thought it was too hot?
0: <laughs> yeah, they blew their proverbial load early. <laughs> 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 no, but the the two things that I had real fast was just that. First of all, as as many fans of of our podcast know. We're big fans of the America's Most Watched Network, CBS. And Woo-hoo. this week in big, big, <laughs> big television news, Kevin James apparently has a show on CBS called Kevin Can Wait. And he fired his wife on the show in favor of Leah Remini, who was his wife from King of Queens. Which, for what it's worth, I was actually a fan of King of Queens. I liked the show for what it was. It was just a, you know, sort of a campy comedy that would come on once a week and yeah plus those awesome everybody loves raymond crossovers exactly it's a spin-off everybody loves raymond um which again another fairly good show with a good comedian but yeah i was pretty i don't know if you guys saw that or not but uh, i thought that was kind of funny that that he you know go back to the well
2: (laughs) go back to the successful well i just wanted to point out i'm thinking that that uh that A and E series she has on Scientology—I think it's A on her revealing uh, Scientology is uh, apparently paid off for in more ways than one. So good for her.
0: So. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I don't know if you guys uh, have, want to comment on that or not, but it's just a little fun tidbit that I saw. So yeah, the other thing I wanted to touch base on this week, guys, was some of the trailers that premiered this week. One of which was in the movie that we saw, Wonder Woman: Murder on the Orient Express. The trailer played before the movie and. I thought it was one of the best trailers I've seen in a really long time. From the the cast, it seems like is very, it's a high pedigree cast. The idea, the concept. I mean, I've I was big into Agatha Christie novels as, a, as like a teenager, so I, I've read this book before. I know they've tried to make a movie of it in the past, but just seeing the cast and and it's being directed by Kenneth Branagh, who actually is also playing Hercule Poirot. So I was pretty excited about that. Did you guys catch that in Wonder Woman?
1: Yeah, looking forward to it. I actually remember I really like that movie poster with the red smoke as well. Um, I liked Agatha Christie. I can't remember if I actually read that one, but I'm, I'm pretty stoked for this movie. And like you said, the trailer was, was fantastic. The way they walked through the cabin or walk, walked through the train car, uh, kind of listing what people were and having their uh, – yeah, their reactions to what's going on. So I'm, I'm pretty stoked as well.
2: I feel like y'all have been getting much better trailers in your movies than I have. Because I've been seeing the same like four trailers every time I go. And I've been watching them from beginning to end. I've been, I've actually been getting a little tired of Atomic Blonde to be honest with you. But yeah, it's just. <laughs> yeah, I haven't
0: even gotten that one.
2: Oh god, I get that every time, and I'm like, it's it, the the trailer just reveals way too much. But anyway, sorry.
0: You no, know, the the other trailer that I that came out this week that I saw, which was more of a, it's an animated film, was uh, Pixar's Coco, which seems very interesting with the concept. It's set in Mexico. Kids can play guitar and is a musician, and it sort of ignites the dead. I don't, I don't know if you guys saw that one as well, but it's very intriguing take from Pixar, and kind of looking forward to seeing what what they do with that. It looks looks very like more of a. Not just for kids. It looks like it's more for the whole family.
3: So, does he have a magical guitar? Is that part of the? I I guess I don't
0: stick? I don't really understand the whole concept. If it's, if it's magical or yeah. So I think it was like
2: a like his idol's guitar that he like took from his idol's grave or something like that and like played it, and apparently it like pushes him into the the land of the dead or something like that. And him and his, I guess his dead dog. Okay. So it it looks kind of interesting. Um, it, yeah, it's kind of like he he goes. It's kind of like ghost almost, if you want to think of it like that. It kind of goes into that whole uh thing where it's like the half half in half out type situation. Yeah. So
3: I haven't seen the trailer for that. I've been intrigued because I know one of the big big pieces of it is it's a, it's an all. Uh, Latin American or Spanish voiced, uh, acting crew, as opposed to, you know, pulling in a lot of popular American actors. So that's, you know, I think that's a pretty big development for them and that's a great thing, but that's interesting if there's a magical guitar, cause I don't know if you guys ever saw Kubo and the two strings, but that's kind of one of the, one of the main pieces of that, uh, animated movie, which is he's got a Essentially, a magical two-string no, guitar. I was actually too.
1: going to ask if this was Pixar's answer to Kubo and the Two Strings, and also it I, like it. I also thought that that was a girl, not a boy. So apparently, I need to see Kubo and the Two Strings and enjoy <laughs> the claymation.
3: It's a good movie, and I think I'm trying to remember if it's on Netflix now. But definitely worth catching if you guys have a chance. I was going
0: to say last little thing I read this week was the potential for a Hot Fuzz two with Edgar nice. Wright being in, in the. <laughs> so Edgar Wright has. Uh, Baby Driver, I guess, is what the title is now, coming out pretty soon. And I just, I guess, he's been more in the news, and they talked about a little bit of a uh, Hot Fuzz redo, or you know, part two. So, pretty stoked about that. If you guys have ever seen Hot Fuzz, but no,
1: that, that's excellent news. That overall uh, kind of trilogy they had so far was a, was a great one. So, so looking forward to looking forward exactly. to the idea of having an actual sequel to one of them.
0: I was actually going to say, so <laughs> yeah. speaking of
1: kind of like a stop motion or claymation um, style movie. Uh, some somber news in that uh, Wallace and Gromit are kind of. I'm, I'm not sure how you know if they're still kind of popular. They even they were still making movies. I'm not sure when the most recent one was made, but uh, fantastic movies. Um, but uh, the the voice of Wallace, uh, pretty much the only voice in them, really. Uh, the Peter Salas, uh died this week, so that that's kind of unfortunate. But uh, you know, maybe that'll kind of spark a kind of revival of those a revival of those uh, those films because those are always good fun for the whole family but yeah on the on more exciting news though I think Wonder Woman time
2: yeah so uh I know we we had a couple little uh items to t- tack off before we get into it uh, mainly that the uh, I don't know if anybody's heard this is probably a huge news that everybody's probably heard but you never know some people live under a rock but this is the highest grossing uh, female directed film of uh, of all time as of yet am I am I saying that incorrectly gentlemen?
3: That's correct. One hundred and three and a half million dollars. That was for the most the efficient
2: way to say it, but it was accurate. Hey, yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? Hey, you gotta, get got gotta run it out a little bit for.
0: But uh, did anybody, did anybody see what the what the movies actually were like that they, that yes, they beat? and I'm.
3: I'm so glad it beat Twilight and Fifty Shades of Grey, so it, it made me extremely excited for that. So
2: wait, wasn't Fifty Shades? I thought I thought Fifty Shades of Grey was the the highest one so far. It was. It was okay. 88, I think, yeah. around
3: million, and then Twilight was like 68 or 65. So
2: thank God. And it also
1: miraculously beat the most recent or the high, biggest budget opening for a female-led comic book hero, Ghost in the Shell. So I think we're all shocked that. Wonder
0: Woman, oh, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Ghost in the Shell, but it. it, it made... what, oh, yeah. what was that? Thirty-five mil or something like that?
3: Blew it out of the water, yeah. Oh
0: man! Well, I guess I didn't have to pay ten dollars for a nap this time around. Hey, <laughs> if you nap during this movie, we we should
2: take you out back and beat you because it was it was it was good stuff, good stuff. I think we'll we'll all agree that was a Ghost in there. the
0: Shell reference.
2: Oh, I'm well aware. I think I fell asleep <laughs> actually in, in Ghost in the Shell too. So in,
1: in that same note, though, this is also the the biggest. Uh biggest uh opening weekend for a World War 1 based movie or um set movie the previous crown um you know holder of that record was actually Steven Spielberg's War Horse which was was a good movie so if you get a chance we have we now have two wow. very good World War 1 movies that have come out in the past decade
2: Unfortunately the 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 uh world I mean war movies have been you know saturated with World War 2 and Vietnam so you know it's good to see a World War One one every once in a while showing that trench warfare and lack of tanks. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, uh, I guess we can move into our initial thoughts uh, real quick on the uh, on uh, Wonder Woman, and then we'll go into spoilers. So uh, let's start with uh, Peter. How was your initial thoughts on this movie going in? So
3: I think we're probably all going to mimic some of the same comments, which is the DC universe to date has been, for the most part, garbage, um, at least in terms of what it's been billed as. I personally was not as down on Man of Steel as most. I thought I was actually fairly pleased with it. I had a good time. I wasn't a, a huge fan of the way they treated Superman in it, but, you know, in terms of making him so somber and dark. But I thought there was a meaning to it in terms of him coming to grips with the fact that he is a god and he has to live among men. And, you know, what does he owe to these, these men that treat him so poorly? So I I thought there was an interesting thread there. But without rambling about Man of Steel, I mean, the rest of the movies, Batman versus Superman really didn't set the world on fire other than to critique it. And Suicide Squad, I thought, was just terrible as a movie itself. So, you know, expectations on the whole were low. There had been a lot of buzz about this movie. Um, You know, there had been folks on the set who had come out and said it was turning out to be a disaster, things weren't on track, there was a lot of different hands in the cookie jar. So, I mean, this has been all over the place. They showed some clips during Comic-Con, and there was some great reception there. I think the first trailer was a pretty powerful trailer. They kind of infused it with the theme song for Wonder Woman, which everybody loves. and I know for me, it got me excited. So so going into this, I was cautiously optimistic. And coming out, I definitely thought this movie did what it needed to do. It brought them back on track, DC Universe, towards the next movies. I think if, if they keep going the way this movie did, I think they're going to definitely you know, right the ship because this movie was, was a great treat. I think for me, the first maybe 15, 20 minutes was a little slow, uh, but then it hits a major action set piece somewhere, probably in the first third, maybe even the first half. And that really just kicked the movie into, to, you know, into gear and, and it just kept going from there. So overall, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought, uh, Chris Pine was great as a, you know, as a supporting actor, he really Played well with Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot is Wonder Woman. I mean, there's when they first announced her, I was hesitant, but she has done an awesome job. I definitely think she embodies the character, and she does a great. I mean, she just does a great job. She has she has some great ways to take this character, and I think it it played really well in the film. So, so overall, I was thoroughly pleased. I'm I'm a little bummed that we're gonna have to wait so long to see the next one that's gonna be focused on her, since she's gonna be in Justice League and not as as hyped about that one as I think I would be about a second Wonder Woman, so um, I'm really looking forward to getting to see this character again on her own. And and overall, yeah, I was really really pleased and, and glad we got to go see it. So uh, with that, uh, Matt, what about you?
1: Yeah, not a lot to add. Uh, I was pretty pretty stoked going into it, just from some of the positive you know uh, word of mouth leading up to it. I think from the Comic Con footage and, and things like that. But also just because she, I think she was, you know, Wonder Woman Gal Gadot was probably the best part of uh, Batman v. Superman. Really liked, you know, I didn't expect her to have that big of a role. And, you know, it wasn't a huge piece, but I didn't expect her to do too much in that movie. Uh, so I was very pes- pleasantly surprised in that. I wasn't as down on uh, Batman v. Superman, Donna Justice, as a lot of folks were, especially on, on a second watch. I actually was able to ignore kind of the some of the lesser, <laughs> uh, kind of less uh, less positive aspects of the film, which there were a few. But I, I am happy with the way that this, I'm sorry, the, the way that uh, Wonder Woman is, is hopefully leading the DC movie universe into a better direction. Yeah, just Gal Gadot, I wasn't super, you know, like you said, Peter, I wasn't expecting too much from her as Wonder Woman. And I was pretty much sold from her appearance in Justice. League, I'm sorry, in uh, John Donna Justice, and this just solidified it. And um, yeah, not not much to add beyond that. I'm looking forward to talking about the movie a little bit more. And and actually, having seen how you know this movie, and I hadn't seen the most recent Justice League trailer until just before this movie. I'm not super stoked about Cyborg. I'm not sure how they're gonna you know, how that's gonna play out. But overall, I'm actually pretty excited about that movie, having seen that trailer. Uh, so it's a rare instance where seeing the trailer uh, didn't didn't kind of spoil things for me. It actually got me pretty amped up. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the Marcos. What about you, Sean?
0: Yeah, I think I, I'm going to echo a lot of what you guys were saying. But I was pretty excited when I saw this movie on Sunday morning with the nine o'clock showing with all the kiddos. I I honestly think that it benefited from the fact that it's the first time that this has been done on screen. When you have nothing to compare it to, you really it, with a lot of the way things are going these days, every, like Batman, Superman, they're always compared to something else. This is something being the first time it's on screen that didn't have anything else to compare it to. So went in fairly open-minded. I know Gal Gadot being in Batman versus Superman, I liked the way that she sort of went about her character in the film. The didn't know what to expect. I know we did get like a little bit of a a small dose of what her backstory was going to be from that that movie. But then again, when we walked into this movie, you know, they kind of set it up nicely. I think that the writers did a good job with the story. The fact that it ties into World War One, which, to your point, Matt, doesn't get done that often. It's sort of the Forgotten War, I guess, being at how great World War Two was from a historical standpoint. People often forget about it. So the way that they sort of tied in that storyline... Um, the way it, you know it sort of touches on mythology to a certain point it's very it's just a very unique type of movie and i was into it so it uh i think the director has a lot to do with it and i know people give Zack snyder a bad rap for some of the the work he's done previously which he actually had a small cameo in this movie i don't know if you guys caught that but we sort of left that place on a higher note for the dc universe going into their big money picture that's coming out next year which is uh obviously Justice League so excited to see where it goes but uh what about you Dave what did you think
2: so pretty much all have covered every single basis on this i mean we uh i think we're all in agreement that this was actually a really it came out to be a really great movie um i was a little less cautious mainly because uh and i think Matt was saying this like a lot of the the hype beforehand kind of pumped me up i was actually getting more and more excited as it, the closer it came because you know we had been talking about it it's been kind of moving forward I was a little skeptical when it first came out, mainly just because we were all kind of, you know, coming off the, the Batman vs. Superman. And I think just, and I'm kind of in the same boat as, as Matt. I watched it a second time, didn't mind it as much. You know, I was just like, okay, it was a decent movie. I have a I have a qualm to pick about the whole DC universe, and I'll talk about it a little bit later. And it's only one minor thing, but it, it seems to be an overarching theme over them all. But I'll talk about that later. But I think we were all coming off the, uh, that 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 real bad hype that came off of superman and the good news is coming out of this movie um now i'm really kind of excited to see justice league um you know i'm getting to see a little bit more in the trailers with uh, jason moma who i thought i was a little skeptical as well with this and you know we'll talk about this later going down the line but you know now i'm not really hating on aquaman as much as much as i was kind of like going okay i don't know how wonder worm is going to do superman they've kind of botching batman eh some so but with wonder woman coming up maybe they can turn uh you know turn uh, aquaman around we'll see maybe it'll be like uh from entourage and be a hit movie so we'll see but anyway but uh that's all i really got on that great movie all around thoroughly enjoyed the hell out of it but uh i guess we can move into uh spoilers now. talk a little bit more into it uh so how did y'all how did y'all actually like real fast
0: that? david great Great reference, by the way. Sorry, just wanted to throw that out there. Great entourage reference among Aquaman, Vinny hey, Chase.
2: Hey, you know what? Without without a little Vinny Chase, we wouldn't have some other greats. You know what I
0: mean? Yeah, like Gatsby this too.
2: Is true. <laughs> so anyway.
3: So, so the question is, is Vinny Chase, I think the Aquaman in that show made like a hundred and some odd million dollars. We got to see how the actual Aquaman does, <laughs> see how close it is to Vinny Chase.
0: And it's funny, this is all relevant because Gal Gadot was actually his date at the premiere for his Gatsby movie. So yeah. Just, huh. <laughs> it all comes back around. Interesting. Interesting.
2: But like, but no, but like y'all was saying, like, um, I, you know, Jason Moma is one of my more favorite, uh, characters i mean or at least actors just because of stargate atlantis one of my favorite shows and then uh, uh game of thrones he was uh cal drogo so you know i think they t- turning it toward him and not going with a skinny little white guy with blonde hair i think they're gonna turn this around and actually make it pretty good so that's just that's just my personal opinion on that but uh any other points y'all would like to make before we swing into spoilers No. Nope. all righty let's do it so up front we started off in uh, present day, right? So, you know, the the tie-in, this whole movie into the whole Justice League universe was, was uh, the kind of the intro. So we start in present day. She's at the Louvre, and something gets delivered to her, and then the whole movie is basically a, um, uh, I guess a uh, a dream, not a dream sequence. What is it? A memory, basically, right? Flashback. Yeah. Flashback. Thank you. Yep. I couldn't think of the word. Um, so how did y'all feel about that? Do y'all think that was the right approach on this to kind of show it as an origin story? Was it an interesting way they do it?
0: No, I said I thought that was, I, I enjoyed that part of it. I think that's the only way they could do it because they sort of gave us that taste during Batman versus Superman. So they again did two things. One, they tied in Bruce Wayne and Batman because he has to be a part of everything apparently in the DC Marvel universe or DC comic universe. Sorry, Marvel does such a great job. I got get stuck in my head.
2: He's the he's the center point. Remember that because they killed Superman. He's the glue already. that brings it all together. Exactly. Yeah. He's rich. Remember that's a so, superpower exactly until so. he drops
3: out of the franchise
0: <laughs> <laughs> he no longer has he doesn't have a standalone movie anymore we're gonna be optimistic here but uh from the time they <laughs> they flashed out at the beginning of the, of the movie you know you kind of get that sense of okay good they're tying this together and then you see the picture and then that instant of me like just like, seeing that where they're gonna go i said oh this is awesome <laughs> like this is this is a really cool way to do it so uh i i thought that overall the way they set it up was great and the way that they executed it was was very cool but but matt i sorry i cut you off a little bit there what, what were you gonna say uh,
1: basically the same i i think they did it just enough that uh, kind of you know made made good use of the callback or the the kind of tease from uh, donna justice but also reminded people that you know i think this is this is of, of any of the movies in any of these comic book you know universes i think this is the movie that's going to get more people to come see it that aren't necessarily or don't care about the overall universe or don't care about the overall uh, characters from a comic book standpoint. And so I think that was a good way to keep, you know, keep people that are into it interested, but also kind of remind people that aren't interested in it, that there is a bigger story being told. Because, you know, again, they probably didn't see uh, Donna Justice or don't care about Justice League just as yet. And maybe this will kind of spark that interest. But I I think it was a good way to do it.
2: Yeah, it was a good standalone kind of movie. I I think I think everybody would agree with that. Like you you did not necessarily. It's a good hint at the larger universe, but itself in itself could just be a standal a standalone movie. You know what I
3: mean? I I think I agree with you guys too. The only thing that I thought was odd, and I think part of it came from, you know, you guys watched War Machine last week, and I just watched it as well. And I was not a fan of the voiceover and I also was not a fan of the voiceover use in this one to start it off because I felt like it could have just been completely silent and you kind of watching her absorb and get the picture. Um, so that was my minor critique at the beginning, but I agree. I mean, I think it's the best way to do it. It was, it definitely reminded me of um, Captain America, the first, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of, yeah, that's the name. Sec- the the first second editor. Yeah, no. exactly. <laughs> I thought that was an interesting uh, kind of callback. Same sort of intro, which is you know Captain America. They find him in the ice, and then he you know flashbacks to him in current day, and how we then see how he ends up in the ice. So it's it's a very similar sort of sort of entry for this one.
2: So were you trying to make the comparison that this might be their their uh, Captain America kind of tie-in for this to kind of bring everybody in? Would you say that this might be the tie?
3: I, I, it seems like it's taking a very similar route because, especially when you look at the makeup of the movie, right? So, and, and other folks have made these comparisons online. You look at it; it's, um, you know, it starts off with an origin story again. You know, gives you current day flashbacks to the past. We're talking about one that's a war set piece. This one happens to be World War One, whereas Captain America is World War Two. But again, very, very similar. She ends up pulling together a squad of of. Uh, ragtag group of of action heroes that go off and fight the bad guy, which is very similar to Captain America because he had his own kind of group of uh, partners to help him go fight. So when you look at it, there's a lot of similarities, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And it didn't pull me away from the movie. I think the movie was just as enjoyable for it. So I don't I don't think it's a negative by any
2: means. Okay. Um. So what did y'all what did y'all think about the Amazon like the island? I can't think of the name of the island offhand, but like that the first Demoscura. what? Yeah. Thank you. The first what maybe third of the movie took place there did y'all like how they set that up i thought that was i thought that was a great and this is where my my biggest issue with the whole dc universe is is that everything's very dark and depressing and that was like a nice lit light up like just it kind of it, it kind of turned around the whole universe in my mind i thought everything was dark and depressing but you get this beautiful place there and you're like oh this is this is great i I feel like I'm in a Marvel movie almost and how it was going. So uh, what about yourselves? Did you all agree with that?
1: I I agree, absolutely. Um, And I I think just the overall kind of start there was was great for kicking off her origin, kind of going to her as a kid growing up there. And just that background, the way that they did that story was was really well done. So I I think that was great and always having that kind of, uh, you know, you knew that then you were going to see her grow a lot because she's kind of grow, growing up in that sheltered paradise. And also, you know, her, you know, her mom, uh, is, uh, the queen is, is kind of keeping her sheltered even more so than just being in that paradise. So it was it was getting me pretty amped for when she was going to, you know, eventually not be on the island and, and uh, be in, you know, basically with Chris Pine doing some World War One stuff. So that was a great way to start things off.
0: Yeah and and I'll just sort of get into that a little bit. So I thought that the the whole idea of having them on the island of The Mascara and how they're secluded and it seems as if there's a bubble as if it's a uh, sort of like the the Bermuda Triangle. Where things get lost in that sort of wait, you mean the you mean the storm around Skull Island, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking about the whole damn Good time. call. But it's yeah.
0: also like the Bermuda Triangle, though, as, as where it's like the the ships get lost because they don't know where. I mean, they basically don't know where they they are. I guess I don't know either way. It's like the fog, except shields them from the island itself. But when you know when you see that sort of setting that they're in and, and the way that the They sort of live on an island of just women um, that were put there by Zeus and the the Greek mythology tie in and the, the strong female characters that they have. And you see how she kind of grows up and they treat her as if she's, you know, she's sort of they need to protect her because she's special and the, the the strong female general in robin wright who uh w- was intriguing because i saw you know she kind of trains wonder woman in, in the film and her character is the general that sort of leads the the army of amazons but uh, I, which by the way i don't know if you guys saw she actually is in the justice league too i just was reading that today so um it, it, i'm assuming that's going to be like a throwback sequence but it just, just the the idea of the island and how they come to sort of interact with the outside world was very, I thought that was very cool. And, and you sort of get the, the sort of, I joked about this term, but the childlike wonderment that Wonder Woman possesses at, possesses at times because of the fact that it's a whole new world to her outside of the Island of Themyscira that they, oh, that Chris Pine opens her up to, but uh, just a lot of things were going on and I'm probably reviewing a little bit more than what you guys wanted to know. I, I'd love to hear what you guys thought. I'm going to kind of, push this aside and and kind of ask you what do you guys think about the vibe of the film like the versus the depression that david touched on the other marvel movie or the other sorry dc movies versus this and it's it's more upbeat than the other dc movies wouldn't you say
3: yeah i mean i think you're totally right what i find really interesting about this compared to the rest is this is kind of has the the mood and the kind of uh, feel of what you would have expected coming from a superman movie in that she is kind of i mean wonder woman is you know truth justice in the american way but superman is also kind of embodies a lot of those pieces as well and that's what i think most folks are probably expecting from at least the superman movies is you know he is the ultimate superhero he is the person fighting for all you know all good and he's always there to to do what's right you know yada 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 um this movie definitely embodies that so much better than the superman movie and i I find it really interesting because it is a complete 180 from where the universe is going. Um, so yeah, I mean, for me, I like where they're taking it. The The question that I have is, you know, is this a a part because Patty Jenkins, the director of Wonder Woman, really took the reins and got to do her own thing and they let her take it where they wanted as opposed to, you know, Zack Snyder's vision vision of the universe? Or is this a um, recalculation on DC and Warner Brothers part to kind of write the ship or is it um, you know just a fact of what they were planning to do all along and I think you know we'll probably never know but at the end of the day I mean I think for me the answer is I like where it's going I like the light like, lightheartedness, and I think it plays a lot better in this movie because you know it is a sad sad piece of history which is World War One. but at the end of the day you know cheap she brings out a lot of the good pieces, which is, you know, you've got to fight for your fellow man and you got to stick up. And, you know, even though it it seems like it's insurmountable, you can kind of, you can, you can right the ship. So, so yeah, I mean, I like how, where it's going. Um, Dave, I mean, what about you? Were you compared to the other movies? What do you think?
2: So actually you brought up a good point. Um, I wanted to kind of talk about that, how whimsical this one kind of was in terms of the comedy. Um, The other movies in, in this universe so far have just been kind of, very serious and they really didn't take it very lighthearted in certain places. This movie I thought it it really just played to the her as Sean put it, her childlike uh her childlike wonder. But anyway, she uh you know the way the way she would kind of talk about things, there was jokes, they they threw a lot of it in here that was great. Chris Pine delivered a lot the the group of um I can't even honestly think of the other guys, uh, Samir you had, like, Charlie, the Chief, all those guys. They delivered lines that were just perfect. And I thought, I think it it's going to... I think it might be them actually steering the uh, Warner Bro- Warner Brothers and DC kind of steering it back into, uh, into right. Because I think they've seen what Marvel Universe has done where it's more lighthearted than serious. And I think it draws a bigger crowd at that point. They tried the serious stuff and, you know... I think, what, Suicide Squad had a few lighthearted moments here and there, but mainly just because those people were crazy. And it's funny to laugh at crazy people at times. But but the depressing portion of it, because I think they did one, it was really just one big scene where it was kind of depressing. And it, I think it was the the final battle with uh, Ares. And that was the one thing during the movie that just kind of took me out of it because it, it was completely different than the, the, the rest of the entire movie. It was very dark and depressing. And I was like, okay, now I'm back into what superman uh, versus batman was and then kind of what the previews for um, justice league have actually been showing where it's very dark and depressing it doesn't seem like it's a very light movie in terms of like the, the filming so hopefully maybe they'll learn from what they what has happened with wonder woman and maybe maybe take the the steer a little bit better kind of move it toward the whimsical a little bit and maybe they'll bring in more maybe it'll be a nice rival for marvel who knows uh sean did you have uh, anything on this
0: yeah, I was going to say that the, the lightheartedness you were talking about. So the the thing that I did see in the trailer from the, the Justice League that gave me some hope was a little bit of the interaction with uh, Bruce Wayne and uh, Aquaman's character. They seem to have a pretty good banter going on. And then they also have the part when Ezra Miller, the, the one line that I picked up that showed a little bit of light lightheartedness in the, in the trailer was when Ezra Miller said, how did you get all, you know, what's your superpower? And Bruce Wayne's just like, I'm rich. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Um, So sort sort of shows that they're playing, poking fun at each other a little bit. But also with this movie that I want to kind of touch on was I, I love um I, the guy, uh, Ewan Bremer, who played Charlie in this movie, he's also in Train Spotting. If if you guys have have ever seen that movie, he's a Scottish actor. But I thought his uh, his character was very funny as as they meet in the pub, and you know he seems to always be drinking and just having a good time. And he sort of portrays the just that British life of just having fun and just enjoying life. But uh, and then Samir, I thought was hilarious. With uh, I thought they brought a lot of a lot of this. A lot of the the lines that he delivered were were sort of the little funny quips, but um, I thought they added a lot of just upbeat joy to the film versus some of the other ones we talked about. But that aside, I got to say the one thing that made me excited about this movie was they sort of played up the trying to make her a lady. And then when they took her to, as soon as she got to the front, they they sort of opened it up as to like, all right, now it's time. Like now you can be a warrior. And when she busted out and, and did that first fight scene, I was kind of like, I grabbed like the arm rests and like my fingers gripped. I was just like, this is what I was waiting for, like the fight scene. So I was pretty stoked when it got to that point. I thought Gail Godot, uh, again, I know we talked about this, but she is just, I think she's made for the, the, the role of the female action hero. I mean, it helps when you're in the Israeli army. <laughs> so you have a little bit of a background. But uh, yeah, that uh, I think that she did a great job with the action scenes, and she gets into it. I, I guess I, I just was excited for the overall part of the film, it, it, it sort of led to you know they kind of go moves along. Um, well, the action scenes pick up when they get to the front, and then they get into the uh, the proverbial shit. Yeah, but that's so. So that's kind of where I am with the movie. But but what about you, Matt? So. Definitely agree with you on that point.
1: Once they get to the, uh, you know, get into the trenches and she kind of, you know, almost the first time you really see her as Wonder Woman, you know, voluntarily, especially not just during training or not just because somebody's attacking, you know, them on the island. Um, but, you know, which, you know, we don't really need to get into. But it was just fantastic to see. And, and speaking of the trenches, I just wanted to add to the kind of the whole, you know, overall feel to this movie versus the rest. You know, the trench warfare is probably one of the darkest moments um, in you know in, in warfare, right? It's a miserable place. The way that this movie was able to handle that both show that but also kind of keep the lighthearted momentum going at the same time of these characters. Um, you know, it was obviously serious at that point, but it, it didn't get to the full- on depression where you know these people in a city named Metropolis are you know super dark and depressing. So it, it was a great, great kind of sense there. But uh, at that point when, when she decides to go and fight, there was a moment where I didn't think she was going to, and I was going to be actually pretty furious with the movie just because she had been taking kind of you know the the leadership of of Chris Pine's character because he's obviously from the the world of man, so she's kind of trusting his experience to help her do the right thing um, and not kind of jump the gun. And when she finally just said, "Screw this, I'm going to go do it," I was stoked. I, I didn't I didn't exactly tear into my my seat cushion or the the uh, armrests, but I, I was I was just as excited as Sean. I'd say fantastic work. What about you? What about you, Peter?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely can't agree with you guys more about that scene. I mean, for me, and I mentioned it at the beginning, I really enjoyed this movie. I think there was, for me, a bit of a dead zone between the opening to this and the build up to this action scene. I think, you know, we get to see Gal in or i should say wonder woman in you know victorian england and she gets to walk around and try on the clothes and do some of the fun kitschy stuff with the shield and the sword trying to go through the the turnstile but overall there was a point where as they were approaching the trends i was i was definitely kind of slowing down and and the the pace of the movie i think slowed down a bit for me so when that action scene kicked in it definitely kind of reinvigorated me. And I think a lot of the, you know, the set pieces they had in that scene, especially her, you know, propping up the shield and deflecting, you know, the thousands of rounds of bullets in the kind of hail of gunfire. I mean, really powerful imagery and just really exciting in terms of an action scene. So, I, I mean, this, this scene really got me going and it was something that I thoroughly enjoyed. So I'm really happy they did that. Yeah, no, overall... I, I'm I think they took action in this movie, and you've seen it in so many other superhero movies, you know, in terms of Iron Man and being able to shoot the the pulse the pulsars out of his hands and you've got Thor throwing a hammer and they've done lots of different things. I think they're still able to take a fresh take with action in this one and and the way they treated her, um, especially in terms of her fighting style and and more towards the the less lethal you know, punches and kicks and and using the shield to deflect I think it was a very interesting take on the character and just a take on the universe in general. So yeah, I definitely, definitely agree. It was, it was definitely a fun scene and I thoroughly enjoyed it.
2: So having actually said that, um, kind of brings us, I think, uh, we talked, we want to talk a little bit about Ares himself. So, you know, we ended up knowing it was actually Sir Patrick who came out, which was, uh, David, uh, I'm going to botch his last name. The will, Th- 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 Willis. Am I saying it right, Sean? I'm going allow you to say
0: it. <laughs> You're asking the wrong guy. I'm not, I, I, I can't, I asked him not how to pronounce <laughs> it, but he, he definitely, I'll, I'll give you this, I thought that it was an interesting idea of how sort of the Germans and the, the British were the ones that were negotiating the armistice to sort of lead the the war to toward an end. So we, we kind of meet Sir Patrick, who's sort of the leader of those conversations in, in Parliament, and then we see another gentleman who we sort of haven't really touched on, which was the German general who also has played a striker in X-Men and, and other sort of uh, movies, which was uh, Danny Huston as uh, Ludendorff, which um, those sort of were the two villains who also were sort of on separate sides, I guess, in in, in theory. But uh, that was an interesting way they kind of went about the, the villain side of things because I, I you know, I, I <laughs> I don't like the – the guy – I was sort of disappointed toward the end of the film if, if Ludendorff was going to be the only villain in the movie because he didn't really have that evil sort of, I guess, vibe that I was – that you look for in a villain and I, you just kind of – I was like, nah I was he's, underwhelmed. He's, he's by got him.
2: more of a creepy vibe and I'm trying to think of – there's there's another show that he's, he's in that he does that he's the antagonist but he's got this kind of creepy – oh, wait, it's – it's going to annoy me until I can think of it, but he's got kind of a,
0: it's a kind of a creepy bad guy thing, but, but actually one of the I big thought things, the Dr. More the, the Dr. Maru actually added more of a creepy vibe with she, her. She did mask. Yeah. So like, I thought that they're, I mean, they're sort of one, two was interesting. Uh, you know, Chris Pine, I got to say when he was sort of the, the scene where, you know, Chris Pine being sort of the male lead in this film where he is the spy who's sort of, you know, charming and witty and, and rough and trying to to be everything that is the the male lead he has the scene where he's talking to dr maru and sort of trying to trying to uh you know i guess woo her is the term i'm looking for but uh honeypot it just completely is, honeypot oh honeypot yeah so <laughs> he's trying to honeypot her like, <laughs> is, that, is that how you use that i don't know um and he's he sees gal gadot as wonder woman uh you know Diana Prince walk in and just, of course she's like, takes away everybody's breath in the room. And she's like, Oh, I see what your attention is to. But, uh, <laughs> just overall as a villain combo, they weren't really doing it for me until they sort of had a higher power, I guess, come in and sort of be introduced as the villain, which, uh, did you guys like how they sort of showed the embodiment of Ares and through the, uh, Sir Patrick, I mean, what do you guys think about all that? I guess.
2: So what I w- so I was actually trying to go with this point a little earlier, but, one of the big things that kind of came out of this that I was kind of curious about is how, you know, they're actually bringing the the Greek gods into this whole thing. So they're attributing everything to these people being gods, right? And she, Ares stated that Wonder Woman was a god or a goddess, if you will. Um, so what I'm curious is that if, he, if Ares killed all the gods off and he was able to use uh, Zeus's power, which was lightning, I don't know if y'all noticed that, I'm wondering if... Um, the thing is going to come out to where Wonder Woman is not actually like a superhero; she's actually a god walking among men. And I don't know if that was what her role was back Wait. in in the comic books or something.
1: Did you see the movie? Go ahead. Yeah, she was a god. But did
2: she ever? No, she is a yeah. But what I'm saying is, can she use all the other gods' powers? Is what I'm getting at.
1: Oh, like a is she going to be a full god.
2: yeah. Because it looked like Ares was able to do that. Maybe he, you know, he pulled a lightning bolt and threw it at her or something like that. So I'm wondering if maybe that's going to be the way it's going to go. I don't know. No, I was going to make a concept. Could
0: she have taken the shape of a Stapop off marshmallow Man?
2: <laughs> she could have, but she didn't. Did she, did he, did she? did he ask her if she was a
0: god? Yeah, she should have said yes. Now of course. She it's always what you he, say. He did actually <laughs> ask her.
2: Well, I thought he just told her you were a god.
0: I don't think he actually asked yeah. her. No, it, that, that. I, I'm going to say if there was one outlandish part of the movie, it was the end for me. I, I like that whole, I did like the idea of Ares coming back into play, but I thought it was kind of a bit, a bit crazy, I guess. But uh, if she was a God, then uh, and she already knew this and why didn't she display that sort of power in, uh, in Batman versus Superman. So uh, I don't know. I, I just thought that was kind of funny, but anyway,
3: I was just gonna say there was two things for me with the ending that I thought were a miss hit. I mean, the first was they could have played off the fact that, you know, she ends up killing Danny Houston's character and realizes that he's not he's not Ares, right? And and she kind of has this realization and it seems to me she's going to have the realization that oh, you know, it's not necessarily that they're, you know, he's the god of war and that's why everybody's bad, but that man themselves are, just can be bad people, right? And so that's that's kind of the the conflict of the movie is trying to understand what can humans be? You know, they can be good or bad. But it's you know it, it's very ambiguous and I thought that was an interesting place they could have gone with it, which is you know her coming to the realization that we're a complex species. But then they kind of pulled it back around and brought Ares back in said okay, you know that's that's okay. And then they b- pulled in the giant battle scene, which I thought was completely overdone and it turned into one of these, you know, we've got to always have big bad who does crazy super magic or has superpowers and you know explodes the world, which I thought was just overkill. But the thing that, on that part that really took me out of it was, you know, if you, if you think through, this is going to be a universe where they're going to have to go battle the next villain and the next villain. She, she just destroyed a God. I mean, she killed a God in her first outing out. Exactly. She was able to, you know, channel this intense, immense power and do these crazy things by the end of the movie. And I think, I will be very interested to see where they go with her character because they almost made her into another Superman-type character where how do you really create a conflict in which it's going to be realistic and interesting where she's going to have an issue, right? Because there's always got to be a struggle for your main protagonist. How the hell is there a struggle for somebody who can essentially evaporate the god of war? So I I thought they – they went too far with it because it's now going to be hard to up that in the next movies. And I, you know, without getting into spoilers on Justice League, I mean, Justice League brings in a very big, bad villain. Um, So I think that's how they're going to do it. But to me, it's, I think they could have kept it with a smaller, a smaller antagonist and the smaller issue, which was, you know, just stopping the poison. Because I think that in itself was a somewhat interesting um a somewhat interesting piece so that was kind of my major issue i just thought they tried to do too much with the end
2: yeah so i'll agree with you i'm kind of curious to see if they even approach the god like now the good news the god things uh that she has the god powers in the, the future movies but the good news is that they did show that she can get wounded but she just heals fast so we know she can looks like she can die by uh at least amazonian amazonian hands right is that who cut her or did the, the I think she got caught German by a straight card.
3: bullet or something in that first action scene.
2: Okay. Yeah. yeah, it was a straight bullet. Yeah, that was what it was. Okay. So there is a possibility that she can get injured. So that's that's a good thing. So One of the key characters that we really haven't talked about, but that was a major player in this, was uh, Chris Pine. Um, his uh, Steve Trevor uh, character, who is claimed to be a spy amongst other things. Going into that, how'd y'all like Chris Pine coming in, his uh, his role in this? Did y'all think he brought some levity to the whole situation, brought his little good-natured humor? So uh, so Chris Pine, uh, Matt, how are you feeling about this? I, I thought it was fantastic. I, I didn't think he, you know,
1: obviously the the star of the movie was Gal Gadot in Wonder Woman, right? So I think he he played the role, you know, and the character was in it just enough to kind of, you know, add that levity, um, kind of give some support to her since she kind of needed a guide since this was her first kind of venture outside of her, her island, her secluded island. Um, and I think you know he was obviously a, a, an above average male specimen to, to do so and uh, just kind of the humor <laughs> that they added to it his delivery was great and um, w- one of the things I did enjoy that I that I um, that I read after the fact was there was a scene in the alley where you kind of first see him being just complete awe at what she can do and it was in the trailer um, when she stops a bullet or she basically saves him and she's like oh yeah okay you, you may maybe don't not help and I, that was kind of reminiscent of a, super, a scene from Superman when uh, Clark Kent saves Lois from a mugger in an alleyway. And so it's kind of a, a good kind of parallel or a kind of good homage they paid there, but reversing the roles. And, you know, another kind of, to, to Peter's point, it, it kind of get, it does call back to the fact that we now kind of have two two superheroes in the DC universe that don't really have much at stake. Um, one of them is supposedly dead, but we we all know he's not. Um, so that's that's kind of a shame. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with Wonder Woman there. But uh, it's a, I think it's great that we had Chris Pine for this movie. Um, I think the character was was spot on for what she needed in in kind of the World War One era. It's a shame, obviously, just due to aging and and what happened in the movie. We knew he wasn't going to be present in present day. Um, but I think he had some of the more emotional parts of the scene, the movie too. Specifically, before we we find out that Ares is around when she's kind of questioning whether or not you know, are men just bad or is, is, is Ares not something that's corrupting men's hearts? He kind of drops the bomb of maybe I am one of the bad people. I don't know. You know, that, that kind of deep, you know, deep moment there was great. And so I, I just overall was really happy. It was in the movie. Um, it'll be interesting to see who, who will be with her, uh, in the next one, you know, how they'll play that. Cause obviously they're not going to do a romantic interest again, most likely. Um, so, so yeah, overall, big big fan what about you sean
0: yeah i thought the whole way they brought it together i mean they showed the vulnerable side of wonder woman they showed the strong side i mean i think that's that's the key is that they show her is that she sort of is learning how to deal with men and that was one of the things that you kind of touched on matt and i thought that was a good way that the director sort of was able to bring it all together with her as a strong female lead with a another sort of supporting lead you know in in, uh chris pine's character but you, you know I guess as a whole, I, I think that that sort of one piece of love is what sort of brought her. And it's and it, it kind of this is a little bit of a uh, a loose tie in, but it's sort of what brought in um, I can't think of her name now in Fifth Element. I was just gonna say you must when, be talking uh, Fifth Element. Yeah, Fifth <laughs> Element when she realizes that love is the reason to save mankind. Lelou Dallas, multiplies. Lilo, <laughs> Le, yes, exactly, multipass. <laughs> Lilu, Leeloo Dallas, (laughs) she knows it's a multi-pass. It's a, (laughs) yes, David, we know you're a big fan of fifth element. So that's why I dropped that reference. But it's uh, you realize that love is sort of the, the reason people try to people, superheroes, they try to save mankind is because of the fact that there's that one piece that what makes men all good is that they have love in their hearts.
2: Perhaps love is what keeps
0: us alive. And that was kind of what my joke was with Captain and Tennille. Is like love will keep us together. (laughs) Love will keep us together. I was waiting for that song to bust out at the end, but uh, maybe in Guardians, not in this one. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so I I think overall we're kind of getting to a a close here. But uh, any more to add to that, Peter and David?
3: So I have one quick thing that I was thinking. So I really liked Chris Pine. Um, one thing that came to mind was it's a bummer we won't get to see him because, spoiler, he dies. But I was I w- had this quick thought when I was actually in the theater because a while back they had tossed around his name to play the Green Lantern. Um, and he had been, you know, uh, not interviewing, but he had been auditioning for that role, and then they ended up announcing him for this. So... I would find it thoroughly interesting if somehow he came back into the fold as Green Lantern because there's the whole cosmic element of it. So, you know, maybe somebody swoops in and saves him from the plane before it explodes. That's a totally out of the ballpark idea will probably never happen. But I kind of thought of that in the movie, which was I'd love to see him come back because I thought he did a great job. And I think it'd be a super fun tie in for him to kind of return as this intergalactic Green Lantern. Uh, So, yeah, totally random, but. I don't know if it also is.
1: works because poison's green, so it's perfect.
3: See, there we go. Uh, there we go. So it's it's never gonna happen. But I was I was just thinking it was my way to say that. Thoroughly enjoyed it. That's Chris called the spin zone. Yeah, there there we go. We've <laughs> entered the spin zone.
0: Poison is green. <laughs>
3: but yeah, I mean. It, it it's it's a bummer he won't be back because I thought he did a great job. I mean that's I mean that really sums it up for me.
0: I, I think that really plays into the fact that I think we all like this movie. But Dave, let's uh we, let's uh, get that overall thoughts. I guess right.
2: Oh hey, I mean look, if we're talking Chris Pine, I have thoroughly enjoyed like ninety percent of the movies he's been in. So when he pops up on the screen, I like how he takes kind of a a humorous role uh, or a role that one would think that would be more serious, and he kind of put puts like a humorous twist on it. I mean, heck remember um i don't know if you all remember smoking aces great great character he played in that um oh i uh, forgot about that. yeah yeah i mean heck look at captain kirk what he did with that i mean how can you you know you can't really hate that stuff so coming into this thought he was great always enjoy him i think he was cast perfectly for this type of role uh but really i think y'all covered everything else on him on that but uh i don't really have much more to talk on him because you know i thoroughly enjoy everything he's in more or less so uh, well,
1: I think the only other thing, thing to add is that he and he and Wonder Woman had snoo snoo, so that was pretty sweet. Um, <laughs> but I, I also wanted to I also wanted to call out. Um, Thank you
2: I, for the Futurama reference, Death by Snoo Snoo.
1: Well, I mean Amazon, right? I mean you can't you can't <laughs> think of Amazon women and not think of Amazonian women in the mood. But uh, the other thing I wanted to talk on a more serious note, I actually really liked the um, kind of theme they did to Wonder Woman in. Uh, Donna Justice, and the entire movie. I was sitting there waiting for that, and I meant to mention oh, this yeah. when we were talking about when she ventured into no man's land when they are in the trenches. But that 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 was half the reason I got excited was just wh- whoever did that score, whoever did that uh, yeah. theme, was just phenomenal. it's just such a such a great great um and well done uh, piece of.
3: Uh, I was just gonna say that was Hans Zimmer. So I mean, it, oh, was it? it? Oh, okay. Yeah, it explains well, why guess, it's so good. I guess
1: yeah, that does explain it. Yes. yeah. yeah, so. yeah. You totally know, with if you. For no, if for no other reason, I'm, gonna, I'm excited to see Justice, like just because I know she's in it, so we're good to hear that. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, I,
3: I'm totally with you. I actually was bummed it wasn't more often in the movie, uh, and I actually was reading a real quick article, and they kind of mentioned it's a really hard theme to work into such a lighthearted movie because it's this this hardcore kind of um, rock and roll electric guitar so it doesn't really fit when you're frolicking through uh Themyscira but um yeah I'm totally with you I thought that was a huge part of what made that scene so exciting. that's
2: actually a fair point was it only two scenes where they actually they only did it in two scenes correct it was that and then at the very end when she killed or when she was fighting um Ares yeah oh, yeah yeah no was it Ares or was it uh during Ludendorff
3: I think it was I actually don't know some, somewhere in there
2: anyway but yeah but it was it was in that scene time frame but yeah was only twice in the movie which was kind of that was kind of disappointing but oh well we got justice league and we have the trailers to watch it over and over to get that to get that theme going but uh so i think we're we're good on that so how about how about we talk about our final thoughts on this overall feelings of where this movie is going to put the the dc universe and uh i guess their last little final thoughts on this movie in itself so uh matt let's go with you first this time
1: I oh, went first last time, but I'll, I'll keep I'll keep uh, kind of being the lead. So in terms of just I, I, not not much else to say, right? Uh, this great great movie they did a, they did a phenomenal job with this, and I'm I'm really excited. Just casting Gal Gadot, just they just casting directors are doing a really good job these days. And um, you know Marvel Universe, I think we've talked about it. Obviously DC is doing a pretty pretty damn good job too. So this is getting the only I think the only downside is it's giving me a little too much hope for the rest of the uh, the rest of the DC. Uh, warner brothers movies that are coming out so yeah i I think that i think the most uh, appropriate uh, kind of the one thing i hadn't thought of until uh until sean mentioned it or kind of started trying to think of her name was the the kind of bruce willis uh mila jovovich uh relationship in fifth element was was definitely reminiscent you know it was pretty reminiscent of this kind of introduction um for gal gadot to the world so i thought that was a great kind of thing that sean pointed out but uh but yeah what about you peter
3: yeah. I mean, overall, I think we all said it, it was, it was a fun, it was an exciting movie. I think they did a great job. I'm ex- I'm excited to see where they go with it. Um, in terms of DCEU, I am not super stoked for justice league. I'm, I mean, in terms of the trailers, I feel like it's very CG heavy and it seems to still have kind of that dark tone. I'm with you, Matt, you mentioned about cyborg. I don't really know how they're going to play up with that character. So not super excited for that but the fact that we get to see wonder woman come back and we get to see gal gadot in character i think is going to be awesome so i'm thoroughly looking forward to that um one thing that i am looking forward to that they touched on bvs but they never touched on this is that gal gal gadot had mentioned in bvs that she used to be you know on the side of man and helping to fight for man and then she saw something very bad and had went into hiding and that's you know that's why she hadn't showed up until BVS again and they didn't really touch on that in this movie they you know it seemed like that's where it may have ended but then it this movie ended on a very light note and she she was back on the side of man and was very very for fighting for man so i'm curious to see how they how they work that in and whether they're going to work that into her next solo movie or if they're just going to completely drop the concept altogether so that's one thing that I think we didn't talk on, but I'm, I'm curious to see what they do with that. Um,
1: one uh, thing to, to jump in on that is I actually, I think it's fine. I think they could build off of it, but I think they did fine, right? They, you know, the movie ended light, but she, you know, she did lose Chris Pine, right? So, I mean, that's going to mess her up regardless of how she feels like men worked out, right? The world of men. So I I don't know, maybe I'm reading it incorrectly.
3: No, I think you're, I think you're right. I, I have a feeling that's the way they're going to play it is that it was, you know, most most fans or most uh people that watch the film aren't gonna tack on to this very small minor piece and they're just gonna kind of play it off um but it, it would be interesting if they did kind of play off more on her backstory and explain what actually happened you know if there if there is more of a backstory so but yeah we'll see what happens so yeah uh Sean what about you final thoughts
0: yeah final thoughts I think they uh, they did a good job they left a lot sort of a lot of time open i guess if you think about it because they could show how she ends up uh either tying into world war ii or you know anything else that happens throughout the course of you know the 70 years that that take place between world war one or actually it's was it 90 years 90 years between or 100 years between the two uh the the two i guess the era so there's a lot of story to be open it'll be interesting to see if they bring back um the director here as i know she's in conversations right now um I know we talked a little bit about Patty Jenkins is if she's going to return or not, but we'll really see if, if she comes back. I'm sure they'll try to keep it somewhat close. But if not, you could get a whole new storyline for the next movie. I, I guess that's all I really got. I think I'm excited to see where the story continues and to see how they hopefully um, keep the storyline with the Justice League moving forward. Dave?
2: So I'm probably one of the the, the, the more outliers with this. I'm, I'm hoping... This kind of gave me a lot more positive, um, a little bit more of a positive opinion of where Justice League might might go. So this is this movie definitely turned my really bad opinion of the DC universe uh, around. I'm thinking this is might might be there might be there. Uh, like I said earlier. <laughs> may have right righted the course so loved the movie thought it was great you know it was one of those movies where i literally had the only issue i had with it was the like i said was the darkness during the fight during the fight but to me that's kind of like the whole way the universe is going so maybe they had to use that as a tie-in or something i don't know but that was literally the only negative i found with this movie in my opinion um so like i said gal got great actress perfectly cast for this chris pine greatly perfectly cast of this i like the the fifth element references as always because you know one of my favorite movies of all time so can always do that um but but yeah overall thoroughly enjoyed it definitely would recommend this to anybody who hasn't seen it um i've already started kind of pushing it uh to everyone that i've, I've seen because uh there were some skeptics out there that I, when i came into work this week uh, and uh, started talking and people were like oh was it actually good and i was like actually i will i definitely recommend it go see it it definitely brings uh brings everybody back into the uh, the dc universe so let's see where it goes uh going forward uh but i think that's all we got tonight boys unless y'all have anything else y'all want to uh note on final thoughts actually
1: two thi- two things on me one thing to touch on when you were saying people were a little worried about going to see it um i actually had a friend who, who was kind of concerned too i think he was worried it was um one being hyped up for two things one kind of like the ghostbusters kind of word of mouth people being excited because you know the female lead so he's worried that people are just excited that it's good from that perspective and not just good from a a good movie perspective uh and also the uh the fact that it's definitely the most solid uh dc movie that there's been so he's like well there's not much to live to so if it's just not bad people are going to be excited about a not bad dc movie but even you know kind of accounting for those two kind of factors it's it's a solid movie uh, definitely yeah. definitely, just a good movie, standalone or yeah. with the universe. Uh, so go go check Agreed. it out. Um, if
2: the if the universe tanks, we still got this one. You know this, what is, I mean?
1: this is definitely something you always go back to. Um, and then the only other thing to mention, um, I totally forgot about it, but when we talked about Edgar Wright, um, Lucy Davis from uh, the UK office. Yeah, shout and out. Sean of the Dead <laughs> was also in this. And it took me, I don't even know if I realized it in the movie that it was her. Um, she was uh, Chris Pine's assistant. Um, oh, <laughs> just,
0: okay. Yeah, I I, yeah um, I I had that in my notes, Matt, and I f- completely forgot about it because she's oh. she's hilarious. She kind of adds a little bit of humor as yeah, well. Yeah the the kind of dress the
1: kind of dressing and outfit trying on scene was uh, was was well done. Yeah, overall just nice to have her. And when she was carrying the sword, like oh well this this is this is easy. Um, thought that was
2: great. So was was happy to have <laughs> I her in did, this. i did not catch that. Good nice. Call. Yeah, I wow. Okay. That's awesome. <laughs> all right. Well, uh I think I think we've uh more or less talked as much as we can on uh, Wonder Woman. Obviously we all liked it, but uh I think we'll swing into our potent picks uh portion right now. So uh uh Sean, how about you go first this time?
0: Yeah, I, I think I'll stick with the trend. Um since we were talking a little bit about Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, I uh, went back and, and looked at her IMDb and saw she got an early start on Entourage as uh, of any Chase girlfriend. So I watched uh, like a few episodes of Entourage and just that show for what it was at the time. You know, the first few seasons were really engaging and really fun, lighthearted, good comedy. So uh, I, I recommend if anybody out there hasn't seen Entourage, the first few seasons are definitely uh, worthy of of watching. So. Go and check out Entourage, good HBO show. Ari Gold plays, uh, and basically an agent who is based on a real life person who runs my company. So, um, highly recommend it. So, what about you, Matt? What do you say? So, I actually, was just I don't know why this this came to mind,
1: but uh, the movie Weatherman with Nicolas Cage, um, Michael Caine also, and uh, just just a great little kind of I don't know if it's a dark comedy or how you how you want to you know classic, classify it, but. Um, Overall, very, very entertaining movie. Good, good, good time. Um, I actually saw it, or I actually saw it when I was, it came out when I was working at a movie theater, like freshman or, or sophomore year of college. And um, I remember these women uh, came out like 20 minutes into the movie asking for a refund because they thought it was going to be a comedy and not, uh, and, and not very pleased with how depressing the movie was. And it, it definitely is, is more of a, a dark, dark uh, humor to it. But uh, if you're in the, if you're into that kind of a, a film, Um, definitely maybe watch the trailer and see if, if, see if you kind of get the, the kind of humor that it is portraying or kind of going for. And, uh, it's worth watch. What about you, Peter?
3: Yeah. So I was going to recommend something with Chris Pine and I, I forgot that we've all talked about hell or high water, which is a great one, but I'm actually going to call another one that I've seen with him, which is a little more obscure. It's called Z for Zachariah came out in 2015. I don't know if you guys have seen this. Margot
1: uh, Robbie and uh, Chittable yeah. Ejiofor, is that right?
3: Exactly, yeah.
1: How was that? That's
3: so That's a great movie. So, I mean, real quick, it's huh. based on a po- post-apocalyptic civilization. You're essentially there with Margot Robbie, who's, who's living in essentially kind of like a farmhouse out in the wilderness. And, She's trying to deal with this this uh, you know apocalyptic world. There's been some sort of disease, so there's nobody else around. It's kind of the last man on earth type piece. Um, and then she comes into contact with a Chueto, oh, uh man. I'm going to butcher the name, and I think you just said it really well, Matt. So um, it was still a
1: butcher, so it doesn't matter. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> awesome actor though. Um, runs into him as well as Chris Pine. Really fun movie, or I shouldn't say fun. It's a really good movie. It is. Uh, very much a drama, thriller, sci-fi movie, but but really worth it. I would definitely recommend it. And uh, Chris Pine comes out in spades in this one, so so definitely go catch it. Dave, what about you?
1: Actually, real, real quick, when you are talking Chris Pine movie, I was really hoping you were going to talk about uh, For Love of War. Crap, I can't even remember the movie. The one with him and uh, Tom Hardy and Reese Withers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, no. that is a, that's a good one. Just a, just a lighthearted romantic Oh, comedy. This Means just War. Fun. Yeah, <laughs> This Means War, thank this you. This Means War. Yeah, yep. just kind of a um, – Live action, almost spy versus spy, mad, you know, Mad Magazine throughout the entire movie. But uh, but I'm, I'm glad to hear you mentioned uh, Z-, Z for Zachary, because I remember it coming out, but I've never actually seen it or heard anything from anybody about it. So I think I'll have to check that out.
3: Definitely go catch it. I think it's worth it. I'm trying to see where it, I'm pretty sure it's streaming somewhere that you can catch it. Let me see here. Yeah, it's on Hulu. So for anybody who has Hulu or Amazon Prime, it's on both. So definitely go catch it. It's a fun movie or a good movie. I so
2: uh, with y'all talking about Ben, with Ben Foster and, um, uh, hell or high water, uh, a great movie that I just thought about right now was uh, a I don't know if y'all saw it back in the day, uh, about 2009, it was, uh, Dennis Quaid and Ben Foster movie about a colonization ship, uh, that things go, um, a little awry when, uh, Ben Foster awakes. So, uh, that's all I'll leave to you. Um, it's got some interesting, uh, concepts and, uh, kind of an interesting take on the colonization. Uh, Different than that movie, Passengers, that uh, we we may have talked about in the past with uh, Chris Pratt and uh, uh, Jennifer Lawrence, uh, a little bit different, more of a horror of of that type of movie. Even though, if you want to consider Passengers a bit of a horror, considering what Chris Pratt did, but we'll leave that to the leave that to your opinion. But uh, other than that, I think we are. Uh, good on uh, potent picks this week so uh going next week we'll obviously i think we're mainly because we've been talking about the monster universe or the monsterverse or whatever they're calling it these days i think we're actually going to go see uh the mummy so uh tune in next week when we'll uh review uh tom cruise's movie uh the mummy hopefully it's as good as the uh oh god i'm blanking out on uh the previous one oh my god ben are you, talk-
1: no. wait, wait. Are you talking about blast from the that past star brendan Fraser. yes, yes. Oh. Yeah. brendan <laughs> Fraser.
2: Wow. my god wow but that one uh <laughs> so hopefully we'll go to that and if you want if any updates on anything changes you can always follow us at uh potent pictures on twitter and you can email us at potent pictures potent pictures podcast at gmail.com for any uh information you want to send us or uh, corrections for about things that we might be wrong about uh but other than that i think we're done for tonight boys uh thanks everybody
0: a quick thing how the hell does your boy jonah hill i feel like that guy's gonna die early because oh because the weight loss yeah weight, weight game yeah plays. exactly like he and it's not did he lose he, it again he's back to like this is the, the thinnest i've ever seen him
3: what is he thin for
0: i didn't know he, i didn't know he i, lost don't know, I didn't see if he's filming a movie or what but so as of this is a i just read this article was from three weeks ago he's seriously like skinny like you can tell usually in people's face and their legs and and he looks like he's thin as can be. And then they show a picture of him from War Dogs, which I thought he looked like he was going oh, to God. have a heart attack.
3: He was huge <laughs> in that movie. He just, yeah. it was crazy.
0: He was like
1: accepted huge in that movie. I love, look at look up his images. The first one are movies, 2016, weight loss, weight gain, <laughs> 2015, because everybody wants to know his hey, What the fuck's he doing? Trending. Yeah, The first three rows, you literally have, average 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 fat as fuck chubby 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 fat er holy f- it's just yeah. insane it's just different people it's, it's yeah. crazy i like the one where he has that he's skinny with the beard though i want to be that guy's friend though I, he pisses me off when he loses weight because i'm like well where the f-? he looks like chris farley in one of these
0: i haven't even seen him in a movie like what's the last movie he's been in? uh war dogs, war dogs I think. yeah i would say that's did anybody see that yeah i did yeah was sounds it? good even though Miles
1: Teller should be punched in the face. I mean, he, he definitely it, should. It is very true. I think he's ruined. We should trick Chris Brown into thinking he's ruined. <laughs> 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 uh, wow.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
2: Speaking of speaking of which, did y'all see that there's going to be a Chris Brown uh, documentary movie? No, I didn't. I had that wonderful preview the other day. Is it going to just be him beating
3: people or
0: what?
2: Well, I assume it's going it, I I it to it it be titled falsely accused. <laughs> Except for all the images oh, yeah. no, of, of the beatings and the witnesses. It'll be a complete farce.
0: <laughs> so, uh, Matt, to answer your question about Jonah Hill, he only don't worry he won't get far on foot, Is the directed by Gus Van Zandt is the one that's in post-production right now. Hmm. That's the one he lost
1: weight for, but that doesn't make sense. It would it'd make more sense if he was fat and couldn't get far. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a movie about Pancho Villa, apparently. <laughs> oh,
0: wow. Apparently, I don't know <laughs> enough about Pancho Villa to think
1: Jonah Hill would be a part of that story.